Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 67. It's now been 26 weeks, one day since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading to the chips. And today is a bonus day, yay! What's that? Now regular listeners may already know. If you are a new listener who's just jumping ahead, I'll explain. On my normal episodes, I write down in my little book people I want to thank, comments I want to read, ideas that I want to talk about. But every once in a while, either I get a comment that so strikes me I want to talk about it right away, or I get an opportunity to go record that I didn't have, or for whatever reason, I just run out of the house with my trusty Roland recorder, and I just walk and talk whatever comes off the top of my mind, and that's what I call a bonus episode. And that's what you guys have today. Before I get into walking and talking, though, and before I forget, I wanted to tell you about Operation Global Change. That is a Facebook group where all of the stuff that I've been sharing on my own page, like the scale that says something other than a number, and people that are doing something for the body acceptance movement, all of those things come from Operation Global Change. It's a Facebook group where people across the globe are pulling together to support the body acceptance movement and kind of say enough is enough about feeling bad about what body type you have. Now this doesn't mean that you have to like give up some of your health goals or, or things like that, but it does mean that however you are, whoever you are as a person, you should feel great about where you are right now because you have a kind heart right now, you have a brain right now, you have arms to hug your kids or other kids, you have feet that can walk if you can, you know, you have a lot of things going for you. And sometimes I think when we're compulsive, we forget about that. The other thing I wanted to talk about before I get going on my walk and top up, talk off the top of my head is thank you Amazon shoppers in the US. I've now reached that magic $10 plus mark. So that means sometime before Christmas, I will indeed get the benefit of your shopping at Amazon. And if you live in the US, Canada, or the UK, come to compulsiveovereatingdiary.com, click on my Lori's Fave Shop Amazon link because I also updated everything and put my own favorites in there. So you could see like my favorite book when I was a kid. What recorder do I use? What is the face cream that my dermatologist has me use every day? All of those are on my shop Amazon page. And finally, I got so much feedback on those $5 coffee buttons that it wasn't enough money. One of the people who joined the coffee clutch actually pushed the button twice in a row just on principle. So, okay, I understand it's not for me to go make these assumptions about you. So I changed my coffee buttons in two ways. The first coffee button is just like it was, $5 a cup. But when you click it, if you want, you can add however many cups of coffee you wish. So if you wanted to give me a one-time gift of 15 bucks, you can change the cups of coffee to three. The other feedback I got was from some Coffee Clatch people and some listeners who say, I'd like to support you, but I like to subscribe. I want to give you, you know, $5 a month, $10 a month, whatever, and then forget about it for a while. So I also added a subscription button on there. So feel free. You can get a small cup of coffee, a medium cup of coffee, or a whopping cup of coffee. I also have an annual benefit if you would like to really support the program and not really have to think about it very often. 
So brave companions, those of you that have joined the Coffee Clatch and are supporting me financially, I thank you, thank you, thank you. And now I think it's time that I listen to Josh and see what I have to let go of today. But I'm letting go. I'm letting go. It's a history that never really grows. I'm letting go. I'm letting go. It's a silent wind that never Thank you, Josh. I always enjoy listening to that inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward. It really is motivating to me and very inspirational. I think now is also a good time to mention before I let something go that I'm walking in my local park. I got up really early, so I got out my house by 6.30 a.m. So you might be hearing some traffic Right now you're hearing a flock of wild parrots of all things. They're very noisy birds <laughs> and they're kind of overhead right now. So be stay tuned. You're going to be hearing my footsteps, my breathing, the sounds of the beautiful park on an early day because here it's going to get very, very hot in Southern California. And my niece is coming to visit. Okay, Lori, we've been noticing that you have listened to Josh's I'm letting go and you're not telling us yet what you're going to let go. Now, usually that means that you are procrastinating and you're deflecting and you're not willing to tell us what you want to let go. And I think that is true today. I think I've been feeling a lot of shame and disappointment in myself. Now, it's pretty interesting the difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is when you do something wrong, you hurt somebody, and you know it, and that's your conscious saying, hey, Lori, that was the wrong thing. <laughs> you doesn't, doesn't match up to your principles and the way that you want to live your life. So maybe you better say you're sorry or fix it, atone for it, you know, move on. That's guilt. Guilt is talking about our action. But shame, shame is where you feel like just because of who you are is a bad thing. That there's, it's kind of like guilt, but it's about who you are inside, or I guess outside if we have these body issues. issues. One of the downsides about walking in the park early in the morning is you tend to run into the park worker crews that are trying to get their work done before people would be flocking to the park. And today, right when I was in the middle of my best thoughts, <laughs> I am walking by a tree trimming crew and the machinery is just so loud and so overpowering to my recording I had to stop recording until I got some distance away. So now I'm trying to remember exactly what I was talking about. But I think it was guilt and shame. And I'd gotten up to the body part of that equation. Now, my body has been all sizes. As you can tell from the pictures on my website, 
I have been thin, I have been muscular, I have been really large, and I am as I am today. You know, I am clinically obese, yet my blood pressure is great, my blood sugar is great, everything's great, <laughs> except that I weigh more than the average bear. Do I wish that I weighed less? Of course I do. <laughs> How can I help it? I wish I weighed less. I do. I wish I had a magic pill that would just, you know, let me feel as good as I do, but take 20 pounds away. That would be awesome sauce. But you know, as last episode, I read to you the mission statement that I wrote for my own life, and I realized that the really important thing to me is to really work on this eating disorder. And I'm going to raise my hand here and now and tell you I have an eating disorder. I have had a disordered relationship with food since I was five years old. So regular eating and I are not friends. It's hard for me to know when I'm hungry, to know when I'm full, and if there were anybody in the world who has made the perfect conditions to teach their body that there is feast and famine, and you darn well better hang on to fat as much as you can, because who knows when the next starvation period is coming, it's me. And that's all very well and good. We know all this, you know all this. So what's causing you shame? Well, two things, kind of from unexpected source, the first one, is that I've been getting more and more new listeners. Hooray, that's a great thing. I love getting new listeners. But for those of you that are either longtime listeners or all the way caught up, you know that at the beginning of this show, I weighed 225, and I was hoping to weigh 191 by June, and I was on a diet. And the first several episodes, I reported to you how much weight I lost, and because I had gained that weight pretty quickly over six months, the last 25 pounds or so, it was coming off fairly quickly. So I was saying, hooray, I lost two pounds. Hooray, I lost four pounds. You know, I've lost a stone. So the first few episodes of my show were really feeling successful and good about having lost weight. So if you're a new listener and you're finding Compulsive Overeating Diary, it's probably because you deal with some of these issues. And I don't know about you, but most of us who have these issues, whether we fall on the anorectic side, the bulimic side, or like me, a full-on binge eating disorder, compulsive eating side, none of us want to feel fat. Most of us are scared of feeling fat. Most of us, even though in my opinion, I think it's really acceptance that we're after and or control, we want to control something, but we also want to be accepted. And living in the society that we live in, in today's time and age, we don't feel accepted if we're viewed as overweight. And who knows what overweight is? You know, even if you're fairly normal in your weight and not clinically overweight and not clinically obese, people still might have issues and feel not perfect if any part of their body carries any extra fat. And genetically, we're all this way. Well, long story short, 
is when I get new listeners, they often comment lots of times, as you know, on day four or early on, or they talk to me on Facebook, and they say stuff like, hey, Lori, I just started listening, and I'm so glad I found you, and I'm not going to jump ahead, and I sure hope that you met your goal. I sure hope that things are going really well. Well, of course, it's kind of like not wanting to jump to the back of the book to see how it ends, but hoping that the dog didn't die, hoping that the murderer got caught, hoping that true love was found, right? They're hoping that by the time they get to the end of my story or caught up with where I am today, that I'm going to be at a, a good weight, at least the one I was hoping to achieve, that I will have somehow achieved it and been a role model. Now this is kind of on my myself, but I'm starting to feel really guilty because at best I weigh 208 still, at best. And I probably weigh a little bit more at this point. I gave up the scale about two, two and a half weeks ago and my pants still fit. I think they're a little bit tighter and from the selfies I've been posting, I think my face is a little bit fuller and I do gain weight in my face and lose weight in my face first. So I wouldn't be surprised if I'm up to the 210 territory or thereabouts. I'm not sure. But when I think about the dreams I had for what I might weigh, because it's been now a little more than six months, in fact, I told you at the open, it was 26 weeks and one day. So even at a very moderate one pound a week weight loss on a diet, I would have been by now under 200 pounds. That's right, 26 weeks would have put me at 199. And if I had lost a little bit more than one pound a week, I would have been down, you know, probably where I wanted to be at 191. And yet here I am, still over 200. So I feel like I'm really disappointing the new listeners who are hoping that I did really well. And I'd have to say in the weight loss goal, no, I didn't do as well as I hoped, right? I did take some off, and it's still off. But from the weight loss perspective, if getting thin again remained my goal, I didn't do well. And right now, part of me is feeling like in my people-pleasing brain that I let these new listeners down and I want to warn them, hey guys, I'm still fat, sorry. But I don't. I say things like, well, I won't tell you what happened, but I will let you know I feel really good. But for some reason, I just have started to feel sad and disappointed and have those dreams of putting on the tiara like I did when I was at Weight Watcher Goal, wanting to have this success perfection feeling. Yes, I have successful show. I've got great brave companions. And look at me, I look whopping good in a bikini again. And I don't think that's gonna happen. And somehow, it makes me sad. So I'm wondering if shame and grief and disappointment are tied together. But I'm feeling kind of a big stirring of all of these feelings all together. Now, another thing that kind of triggered my sadness at not weighing under 200 yet, 
is last time I went to my doctor almost a year ago for my regular checkup, I weighed more than 200 pounds. And one of my prime motivators for starting another diet when I did, when I started this show, was I was thinking to myself, oh, I can't wait to go back to my doctor next year and I'm gonna be well under that 200 pounds. I'm gonna be so under it that I'm not gonna have to worry that I'm getting on the scale with my clothes on, my shoes on. You know, I'm gonna be good. It's gonna be fantastic. And now I'm facing going to the annual physical where I have to get weighed and I have no clue what I weigh. So it's causing me anxiety and making me wanna go jump on that scale just so I know. Like somehow having the control of knowing my number is gonna make me feel better. But I know it isn't, but it's just kind of hitting me all at once. This, this shame and disappointment, like, like, you know, I'll probably be the same or less than I was when I get weighed at the doctor. And I might even, you know, face the scale backwards and ask the nurse, please don't tell me what I weigh because I really don't want to know at this point. I want to continue on and commit to my intuitive eating program because I do see great benefits and inroads into overcoming this lifelong eating disorder by following the principles of intuitive eating. The third reason that I'm feeling a little bit of anxiety about my current weight and my current body size is because as I told you earlier, my niece is coming to visit today and I haven't seen her for five years, not since my father's funeral. And my niece is a young grown up lady now. She's been overseas teaching English. She just got back to the States and she and her friend are making the effort to drive here and to visit her uncle Mark and me. So this is super exciting. But as I shared with you, who knows what size I was at my dad's funeral? Who knows when my niece said goodbye to her auntie, was I really big? Was I thin? Who knows? Of course, this is really kind of a silly thing for me to worry about because one thing for sure is my niece has seen me at all of these sizes that you guys see on my page on the website. And my size is definitely not the reason why she's making the effort to come visit me now. In fact, I think some of our very, very best times were when I was in the 300 pound range, my biggest. I remember we went on a boat, we went swimming in the San Juan Islands, we had tea at the Empress Hotel, and that was around the time that I was also doing Tuna Cat, my website for kids. And when she was a youngster, she participated in that site quite a bit. In fact, she wrote some really cute stories all about that fun boat trip that we had. And she referred to herself as Tuna Cat's cat cousin. So I think the resource of today, I'm gonna to link up to that vacation journal that my eight-year-old niece wrote at that time, and she had a good time, and I weighed 300 pounds, and did she care? No. I was always her auntie. I always love her and support her, and that was the important thing to her. But for some reason today, all of these 
feelings are just giving me such shame. Like you listeners and brave companions are having to listen under false pretenses. But you know that my journey has been my journey, whatever it is. And I promised you from the beginning that I would tell you the truth. Good, bad, binge, no binge. If I go back on a diet, I'll tell you. Right now, I don't feel that to go on a diet is the right thing for me. I think it is very much better for what's important in my life that I really deal with the emotions and learn to overcome this lifelong slavery that food and fear of food has on me. I think it's very important that I make the effort to understand when I'm hungry and when I've had enough. It's important to understand that sometimes my body is going to feel like eating salad with chicken or chickpeas and sometimes it might like a small slice of pie. That is something that I've actually learned already through intuitive eating. I have had many, many pies in the refrigerator. I've baked the pies, I've bought pies, I've had pies, because can you tell, I love pie. I love pie so much that my grandma used to make me pie for my birthday, because I'm really not that crazy for cake. I've never really liked cake because I don't like the icing. Most icings are too sweet for me and I don't enjoy them. So my grandma used to make me a pie, usually a pumpkin pie, but also fruit pie. And my other grandma, she had the blueberry farm, as I told you, and in August, she made tons and tons of blueberry pies. And after I would go out into the fields and pick my blueberries, I would come back to her house and we would often have a piece of her blueberry pie. And so pie has a good memory for me. But having been on diets, usually a piece of pie would be too many calories for me to fit easily into a food plan. So pie was pretty much reserved for those times when I was, quote, off the diet, unquote. And off the diet meant to me, hey, time to eat pie or ice cream or candy or potato chips or whatever else it was that I didn't get to eat when I was, quote, on the diet. So one piece of pie wouldn't be enough. Maybe not two, maybe not three. Heck, I think I've been known to eat an entire pie. I'm not sure. I think I've had at least half of a pie when I was in one of those binge off the diet moments. But you know, when you are shoveling down half a pie really fast, because you're in one of those binge moments, you really don't have a chance to even know, do I like this kind of pie? Is this a good pie? Was it baked well? Is it really delighting my taste buds? Really not good. It's kind of, you're putting a lot, a lot of calories and a lot of sugar and other things into your body that, you know, for what? You're not getting the enjoyment. It's certainly not the healthiest thing in the world to eat half a pie, <laughs> I don't think. Now even that is kind of supposed to be diet mentality, but okay, I don't think eating half a pie is a good thing. However, now I can have one piece of pie or half of a piece of pie or sometimes even one bite of pie and really enjoy it and decide, oh, that's enough. And so my pie fear is almost eliminated because 
whatever diet plan you're on, unless you're a diabetic or you have to watch every bite of sugar that goes into your mouth. As we talked about, some people have a reaction to sugar as such as if they had one piece of pie that had sugar in it, that would trigger a binge for them. I found out that that isn't true for me. So now I could have a very small piece of pie and enjoy that. That's a revelation to me. That's a good thing. I've also had several bags of potato chips and tortilla chips sitting in my cupboard. And my husband, who's going to make his grocery list, says, Hey, you still got these Tostitos. What's up with that? I said, well, I just got tired of it. I didn't want to eat it anymore. And he says, well, do you still want me to get the guacamole? And I said, no, you can stop getting the guacamole for a little while because I'm just not in the nacho mood. Now, can you believe it? Me, who had nachos every single day for months because I love nachos so well. Now, every once in a while, I'll be in the mood to have a few chips or in the mood to have nachos but it isn't a big deal. And that is also a revelation to me. How in the world could I, the chip queen, chips being my number one binge food of all time because of the fat and the saltiness that would really calm my anxiety. So normally having anxiety and shame and disappointment like I described to you, my first thing would have been go into the cupboard or go to the store and get myself some chips and some ice cream because the the anxiety and the salt and the crunch and the feeling of eating really fast of those chips would have kind of put a put a, something for my anxiety to do. And then I would say, this is too salty and I want something sweet. And then I would want the ice cream to kind of fill in the corners of the chips because that kind of texture of the sweet, smooth creaminess would be comforting to me. Until the next thing you know, my stomach would be so full and I'd be so full of upsetness about the fact that I binged again that whatever real issue was causing my anxiety would be put way, way on the back burner or stored safe in my subconscious. And I would be back to the relative safety of worrying about my binging behavior and telling myself all kinds of bad names about how I gave in, how I ate this crap, who am I, why am I a piece of garbage, and you know, I'm a bad person. Well, since I've been doing intuitive eating, I never say those things. I think things like, huh, I'm hungry. What do I want to eat? That's pretty good. Or I think, oh, I'm not really that hungry, but man, that particular food sure looks delicious. I think I'd like to have a few bites of it anyway. Or I wake up in the morning and I tell you my body balance number. That's the only number I'm looking at right now for my weight is how do I feel from 1 to 10? And 10 is I feel completely in balance. I don't feel over full. I don't feel over hungry. I feel full of energy. I had great sleep. I'm raring to go. That's a 10. A 1 is oh my lord, I didn't sleep a wink, I'm stuffed to the gills, I'm extremely full, or I'm really, really starving. I'm at the extreme of fullness or hungriness. I have no energy, I feel like a slug, I'm a bump on a road. <laughs> that is my one. Today my body balance number was seven. I had pretty good sleep. It wasn't my best sleep, but it was pretty good. I got at least six or seven hours of fairly decent sleep, so I had some energy. 
I felt a tiny bit over full than how I like to feel when I wake up in the morning. Just a little bit over full. So that tells me that whatever I chose to eat yesterday was maybe a little more than my nutritional needs. Maybe I was like thinking that pie was delicious just a little bit more than I'm hungry for pie when I'm hungry. But it wasn't lethal, it wasn't horrible, and it was information. Because if I was out socially and I did something that caused me to feel the way I do this morning, I wouldn't think a thing of it. And you know, I haven't been exercising since my latest bike accident as much. In fact, today is the first day that I've actually been on a walk. And it's not because of my knee, it's because the movement of walking was painful to the underlying chest muscle under the bruise on my breast. And today, I'm happy to report that I feel pretty good and walking is not making me feel more discomfort. So that's great. So the exercise bulimic in me <laughs> says, oh great, now you can walk and exercise. How about we do like double hikes? Let's run instead of walk. Let's do something, let's do some hit interval training. Let's just really like take care of these extra calories that we might have eaten while we were recovering. That's my exercise bulimic brain telling me that crap. But if I do that, one, it's gonna put my mind space in a place I don't wanna be, and two, very possibly I will injure myself. Whenever you overdo with your exercise, you are at risk of getting sprained ankles, shin splints, all kinds of stuff. I got a frozen shoulder. I mean, really, really. To overdo your exercise is never, 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 never worth it, in my opinion. I would say even if you were training for a marathon, you should be sure to follow a good build-up-to-it marathon training program. Not just say, oh, I think I want to run a marathon. Let me run like heck as fast as I can today and prove that I can do one. Oh, well. <laughs> so I guess... When I think it through, I'm feeling ashamed because I feel that I'm going to disappoint people. I feel like I'm going to disappoint the new listeners who started my show back when I was dieting. And they have hope that they're going to hear that I'm nice and slender, or at least thinner, by this time. And I'm not. Number two, I'm scared I'm going to disappoint my doctor when I get on the scale and she finds out whatever it is I actually weigh. And three, I'm scared I'm going to disappoint my niece that she's going to take one look at me and say, oh man, I'm ashamed to have a fat auntie. So let's take a look at these in order. If the listeners, as they say, are starting with day one and they're going to listen to every single episode on the way to where I am right now, that means they are going to be present with me through every thought, every decision, every moment that caused me to embrace intuitive eating and caused me to deal with my eating disorder in the way that I have. Now, it's true if they were listeners who were looking for another get thin support only, they probably will bail on me before they even get to this point because my show is no longer about supporting you primarily for being on a diet. But 
if they're like me and they really just want support for understanding themselves and for realizing they're not alone, whatever methodology they're trying, and they understand that I don't judge any of them, they can be on diets and I'm not going to judge them. You know, if they get where I'm coming from, that I just want to reach out to each other wherever we are, however we are, to make sure that we feel respected and supported and kind of be the cure for isolation. I guess that's really what I can guarantee. If you come listen and participate as a Brave Companion on the website or Facebook or call the Bravery Hotline, you're not going to be alone. You're not going to feel isolated. And to the best of my ability, you're not going to feel judged about it. <laughs> Whatever you have to say, whoever you are, you know, as long as you're respectful to others, and I'm fine with it. So those listeners will probably continue on and not be as disappointed as I'm scared. Number two, as I've shared prior, my doctor has seen me get weighed at 300 pounds, 150 pounds, over 200 pounds, 180 pounds, and everything in between. I've had this doctor for quite a while, and her main concern is, do I know why I have gained weight or lost weight? And what does my blood number say? What does my blood pressure say? How are my breath and heart sounds? How's my flexibility? All this kind of stuff. And the weight has never been a huge factor unless it was impacting some of those things. So it's in my mind. I'm disappointing myself there. I put kind of a goal on myself. I wanted to go to the doctor and weigh less than 200, and I'm not but my doctor is not going to be disappointed. She might be curious, but she's not going to be disappointed. So the one who's really disappointed there is me. Number three, my niece is probably going to be much more interested in seeing the renovations to our house because she hasn't been to my house since she was like 14 years old. It's been quite a while. So she'd probably like to see that. She'd probably like to see me probably like to see your uncle, probably like to pet the cats, probably be more interested in where we're going to go hiking or what activities we're going to have and a chance to visit and to tell me her adventures from overseas and to introduce me to her friend. You know, those are the things that are going to be on her mind. And anything about weight is on my mind because that's my issue. Just had to stop for a minute because a whole group of high school runners came by in their morning training and they looked like they were doing a good job and there was a lot of them out here and it's already, it's probably close to 7.30 in the morning right now and it's already warm. So I feel a little bit sorry for them out having to run their, their training distance. But at the same time, it's really cool to see young people out having a good time and enjoying their bodies in a healthy and interesting way, right? Mark was a, a championship runner. I don't know if I ever told you this, but he was a world-class athlete, really, really good runner. He would run the mile. He wanted to be a mile champion, and he was. So we talk a lot about running and that kind of thing. So every time I see these young people having a good time out running, it makes me think of him and the things that he really enjoyed. Well, 
to wrap up, I'm going to have the unknown foolish funner way, way back in the way back machine here in the U.S. We used to have a show called The Gong Show, and anybody could go on The Gong Show, and you could do any type of act. And if you were good, you might win some money, and if you were bad, you would get the gong. And one of the regular people on The Gong Show was called The Unknown Comic. He was a comedian who did his routine while wearing a paper bag on his head. Google it, unknown comic. So we have the unknown foolish funner who likes to call my foolish fun line and tell us things anonymously. <laughs> Lori presents Foolish Fun. <laughs> the feature where messing up it's just part of the act. <laughs> Hi, Foolish Hotline. This is, well, I'm not going to tell you who this is because I'm going to have a little foolish fun with you. And I'll give you three guesses to guess who it is, and the first two won't even count. I have this button. It's called the feel-good button, and it resembles what most people would know as the easy button, and I don't know if you've seen an easy button or not. I think Staples or Office Depot or somebody sells one. It's a little red button, and you push it, and it says, that was easy. Well, I have a feel-good button, and I thought I would have a little foolish fun with my feel-good button. Now I feel good, and it's late enough, and I'm heading up the hill with enough traffic that I think it's time to wrap up today's bonus episode. So wherever you are, remember you're good as you are today. Whatever your health goals may be, who you are as a person is dependent on your heart and your character, not on your body size. So all of you, take care because I care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. And there I'll sit, I'll admit that I was only just a guest inside my skin.